0: Hey all, this is Nate with Purity for Life. Have you ever sought counsel for something, and the person that you're talking to starts touching on something that you think is totally unrelated? For example, you want help with sexual sin,
1: and they start talking to you about your relationship with God. I've seen as they're talking about God, but there's no depth or reality. I've seen it really be connected to a self-protection or a self-protective kind of pride that says, hey, I know all about God. You can't tell me I don't know him. Or ingratitude.
2: With another guy, I said, okay, right now, what are you grateful for? Like I had to stop him because he was just getting oh, yeah. me- up in his own head, yeah. just said, stop. Okay, let's just, five things that you're grateful for.
1: Or fear and worry. How I look, how I'm being perceived. But I think even the Lord has exposed to me, they shown me that there's a root of perfectionism, or perfectionism.
2: It's like a person who's a perfectionist is always worried about doing the right thing. Doing it. they have this level of expectation, and what happens when they don't meet that expectation?
0: Today on the show, we'll look at common spiritual problems besides sexual sin, and talk about why they must be dealt with if we want freedom from sin. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. Okay, so the background behind this show is that Patrick and I were talking and we were doing some planning and we started realizing that a lot of times in the counseling office, there are issues that have to get dealt with if a person wants freedom from sexual sin. But when you start talking to them about it, they're like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, I, I'm not here for you to talk to me about my pride or my ambition or my vanity, and I'm here for you to talk with me about my sexual sin. But what they don't realize is that if you don't deal with those issues, they're not going to find freedom from sexual sin. So what we're hoping to do today is maybe just help people understand how these things are connected and why they're connected and why you have to deal with one in order to find freedom from sexual sin. So I've just got a number of talking points, and we can just have a conversation about them, and let's just kind of see what comes out. Um, sure, sure, yeah. One of the things that we had thought about was somebody who's obsessed with business, their career, or really they're just obsessed with success and why that's going to have to get dealt with if they want freedom from sexual sin. What do you guys think about something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm... Don't steal my thunder.
1: <laughs> I know. What, what, you <laughs> what you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah. I think about my time in the program, and actually Jordan was my counselor. Oh. So he knows. Oh, yes. But, um, Inside um, yeah, scoops. Yeah, so if I'm incorrect, tell <laughs> you, me. <laughs> I'll bring
2: the correction. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so this was one of the things that was huge to me because coming in, I thought that Because the culture and because of the craving to be someone and to be something, um, I thought that was I was supposed to have that and had no clue that it was the complete opposite of the kingdom of God. Okay. I remember going through the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and seeing, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh I didn't want to be poor. Like, you know, coming in, I was thinking, you know, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. Uh I want to be the greatest worship leader. But coming in, I didn't know, you know, all of that seeking the world was
2: feeding my pride, feeding my selfishness, feeding Uh the selfish ambition. Yep. Yeah, and then when you asked us to prepare for this podcast, I just what ended up happening is I just wrote down a, a ton of scripture. Like, just mm-hmm. scripture kept coming to mind, and and it's funny I just used the scripture today in counseling, First mm. uh, John two fifteen through seventeen, which says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eye, and the pride of life is not from the Father but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Mm -hmm. And it's that love for the world. It's uh, it's success, business, what is that all? It's the world. And so God just tells us very clearly um, that we can't love the world. We can't align our goals uh, Mm -hmm. with that of the world and expect to be in a vibrant relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. When I'm counseling people, I use Romans thirteen fourteen all the time. Yeah. It says, "Put on Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh." to fulfill its desires. So once you make a provision for the flesh in one area of your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Yeah. basically what happens is Satan has a foothold. Like there's a door that's been open, mm-hmm. <clears throat> He sticks, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, sticks his foot in. Mm-hmm. And then now has an open door. So right. then, when sexual sin comes in, or sexual lust, or temptation, you've already given over to the flesh in, in so, some way. In yeah. some way, and in this case, it could be, oh, I'm I'm success driven. I am. Um, business-oriented, goals to have a lot of money, mm-hmm. have, live in comfort, that's the door that Satan's opening. He wants, he's not going to come in maybe all the time with sexual lust if that's mm. a problem for you. Mm-hmm. He's going to find some other way, mm-hmm. and then when that door's open, then you're an open target, a sitting mm-hmm. duck, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah it was when Skip was describing that, I was just thinking about how in that kind of mindset, it's almost like sexual sin is the hindrance to mm-hmm. my goal. You know, my goal is to be wow. famous and successful. And so I got to get rid of this thing, which is hindering me from getting what I want mm-hmm. without realizing that that goal to get what you want is the thing that's making the sexual sin thrive in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want, I don't, th- this is probably not a great analogy, but you know, water is like, Hydrogen and oxygen. It's like, I want water, but I don't want the oxygen in there. But as soon as you take the oxygen out, it's not water anymore. Mm. And, but we want the one without the other without realizing that they're the same thing in some sense.
1: Hearing it as a counselor and even my own testimony, that's exactly how it was. Thinking that I have this one small problem that if this gets dealt with, then all of my other issues will go away with it. I thought that was the one thing that was keeping me from being successful. You know, I just was, as you were talking, Jordan, James 3.16 came to mind, for wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder in every Mm. kind of evil. And so that selfish ambition, you know, man, I realized after going for it so long and so hard, trying to find my place in the world, all that did was create a bigger gap and create a bigger hole that was unfillable, and there was every kind of evil. You know, it's like the more that I tried to go after the world, uh, the more the hole got bigger, and there was more selfish Mm. ambition, there was Mm. more lust, there was more giving in to lust. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great picture. I've never really thought about it like that before. Mm.
0: I guess it's like it's something that you said, Skip, was really interesting, that the ambition for success is opposed to the spirit of the kingdom of God. So, wow, when we realize that, then we start to say, oh, okay, so if I'm going to actually follow Jesus then my whole spirit has to change, my whole mindset about everything has to change. So now you're saying I can't pursue my goals for self and I can't pursue this ambition of being the best and the greatest. And yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I mean
2: it just goes Mm -hmm. um, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, which is a verse they memorize in the program, right? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, mm-hmm, consider yeah. other people's needs above your own. Mm-hmm. So the the kingdom of God is diametrically and so polar opposite, opposed to the spirit of this world. So just the drive that comes from being success-driven and that spirit of the world puts you in opposition to the Lord. And it just, again, opens mm-hmm. that door for Satan to come in mm-hmm. and with a lust. And so yep. those two go hand in hand because mm-hmm. it's the I deserve— Kind of mentality, right? Like, wow. I deserve success. I deserve this. I deserve that. And I deserve pleasure, mm-hmm. right? It's all self. It's all f- mm-hmm. me focused. Um,
0: so let's move on to a different one mm-hmm. here, which is people who are obsessed with knowledge and who have tons of intellectual pride. Um, Jordan's smiling at me because he's like, why don't you just talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. so we could just sit and listen to you. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely that's definitely me for mm. sure. Mm. Uh, without the Lord, that's like all I am. Um, but I guess the question is, you know, why? Why is that's so closely connected with the sexual sin beyond maybe what we've already said, which is that when you're just pursuing something for self, it opens the door. Is there any other thing you see when you counsel people who are this way that it's like, wow, that opens the door?
2: Intellect is very, very dangerous. I'd say Mm -hmm. one of the more dangerous provisions for the flesh because it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's common sense or there's mm. um, a rational uh, thread that they can follow that yeah. would allow them to stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get down to the root issue of a person who's stuck in their intellect or their own thinking, right? Really, it's that spirit of rebellion. Uh, that uh, that they elevate their own thinking above the Word of God, mm-hmm. right? What is that? That's just rebellion, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it was interesting as I was preparing for this. I just started, you know, I just, what we all do. We kind of Google all verses on, but one verse came up and it was really um, pretty interesting. First Corinthians one twenty. Where's the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Mm. And then it goes on, the verses that we might be familiar with in verses 26 through 31, God chooses the foolish things, you know, this world to confound the wise. It's just like the base things of world. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom of the world is just creates rebellion against the wisdom of God. God's mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. it's it, and so there's rebellion like my thinking my intellect what I know what I think about myself what yep. I think about others what yep. I think about whatever hmm. informs and creates this worldview that's completely self-centered yeah and mm-hmm. in, in rebellion to the Lord mm-hmm. Um and so, how to burst that is, okay, man, the world's wisdom is foolishness mm-hmm. to God. It's the base things of the world, the foolish things of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the lowly of the world um, mm-hmm. that are going to rise up, right? The wisdom of of god is is oversees everything. So mm.
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As you're talking, I have recently dealt with this more in the counseling setting, and I've seen it as a hindrance almost like a defense mechanism to hide what's really going on inside their heart. Mm. And I've seen as they're talking about God, but there's no depth or reality. um, I've seen it really be connected to a self-protection or self-protective kind of pride that says, hey, I know all about God. You can't tell me I don't know him because I know this, I know this, I know this. But... I've seen an element that's missing is that they are so afraid to really be vulnerable before the Lord. Mm. They're really afraid Mm -hmm. to tell the Lord what's really going inside Mm -hmm. instead of saying, hey, I know this and this and this. But Mm -hmm. really what coming out of that is, Lord, I'm a rotten sinner. I'm unrighteous. I'm because It's almost like the opposite of what the world says. The world says, you know, puff up, you know, get knowledge, uh, read books, go to school, get your education. I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. But I am saying when that's so filled in the mind, there's not a reality that God can save you, not just from behavior modification, but at the heart level, what he can really do on the inside. And it's, you know, I've seen this more simple people have the most depth in God, yeah. Rather than and someone who's very intellectual, you just know the difference, you know. So
0: yeah, it's uh, when I try to understand myself and think about the hindrances that I've had to knowing the Lord. Definitely, intellect has been a big one, and I, I don't know. There's so many facets to it, it. Seems like part of it, though, is there's this mentality that if I can figure this out, then I can save myself, Mm -hmm. and it's really—and if I can't figure it out, then I don't have any hope, which just shows that your trust is in yourself. It's not in the Lord. So then there's just this—like, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people where they spend the vast majority of their energy trying to solve their own problems internally, and their faith isn't going out to the Lord; it's all inside. Their faith is toward themselves, and yeah, God doesn't honor that.
2: Yeah, well, and you it's, see, it, yeah, oftentimes when you're in the program, you see these people, and their heads down, or they're just staring off into space. They're missing mm-hmm. like the need around them, yeah. right? They're yep. missing life because yep. they're so, so morbidly introspective that they're they're blind to yeah. to yeah. Just regular life, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could sit in a service and you can see a person, oh, that person's, you know, just glazed over mm-hmm. completely. They'll they'll listen to hear one thing that the pastor says, and then all of a sudden their their mind is spinning, and for the rest of the service, they're gone. Yeah. But it's that, like you just said, it's their thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They believe in their thinking, and that's lack of trust in God and belief in their own thinking, which is— at the base of it, rebellion. Yeah, mm-hmm. You really believe that your thinking is, you know, more trustworthy than the word of God, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then that's pride, Yeah, it is. yeah. right, yeah, as well. Much, yeah, that's,
1: wow, yeah. It just reminds me that a lot of who I counsel who are that way miss the element of faith. Yeah. And they miss that it's not faith in themselves because you know the results of that. It's always going to be there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Yeah, Having faith in self will always lead to destruction. Mm-hmm. But trying to get them to see that their faith has to be in something that they cannot see, something that they cannot really even know or mm-hmm. not, igno- you know, mm-hmm. case, not physically. It's the hardest thing for them to do mm-hmm. because they can't understand it. They want to figure it out. They want to have the A squared plus B squared equals C squared. But when that's not there, right. you know, it's, you. I see it on their face. They're confused, you know, and yeah. so it's giving them the simple truth so that really they can come down under the lordship of Christ through just accepting his word, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then the Lord doesn't. He doesn't help us because we're strong and he doesn't help us because we're wise and he doesn't help us because we've got it together. He helps us because we come to him with a real genuine trust that he's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you don't know how to relate to him in faith, Mm -hmm. then it's just a huge stumbling block. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen this in my own life Mm. that when I won't move forward in faith, not understanding, I'm stuck. And it's like he, sometimes the Lord will let me stay there for quite a bit of time until I say, you know what, Lord? I trust that you're going to help me, not because I'm good or have anything in myself, but just because this is who you are. You Mm -hmm. are kind and merciful, and I don't have to understand it. Mm. just have to trust you which, yeah, Wow!
2: Yeah, yeah, one. You know, I was just trying to, as I was listening to both of you, it's like, what's the answer? You know, obviously mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer, but how do you, how do you bring a person out into faith? How do you, mm. or out of that self-protective pride? And I was just thinking that we use gratitude. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, you, awesome. you know what I'm Man. saying? It's just like huge. It's yeah, like just um, with another guy, not the mm. same guy. Another guy said, okay, right now. What are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. Like I had to stop him because he was just getting oh, met yeah. up in his own head mm-hmm. and, and then despair in his own thinking. Mm-hmm. And you just said, stop. Okay, let's just – five things that you're grateful for, not mm-hmm. like – the sun, the moon, all of those things. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But like what are you yeah. thankful to the yeah. Lord for? Yeah, like what right. is the Lord doing? Yeah. To, to get them to see that the Lord is trustworthy, yeah. that he is faithful, yeah. that he is working in His in their lives. And so, you know, gratitude is a huge, you know, I mean, it's one of our pillars I in know. the program, yeah. right? That's,
3: That's
0: another what's yeah. that got to do <laughs> <Yeah>. with anything. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because, but I mean, it does. It does. It, it does. Yeah, it yeah. is yeah. huge.
1: You yeah. gave me an assignment. You remember that? Fifty things that you're grateful for. You probably don't remember that. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Fifty things that you're <laughs> grateful for. Maybe it was a hundred. But it was so interesting when you said that. Cause I remember thinking, what is that gonna have to do with this? Yeah. Like that's that's not my issue. He doesn't know yeah. who is this guy, you know? Like because right. you highlighted everything that was of my own thinking. And it was so interesting to see over maybe 30 things that were highlighted with my thinking that didn't have anything to do with the Lord. And it was, man, since then, seeing the progression of how the Lord has brought down my thinking and raised him up, it's a completely different, you know, thing now. So gratitude, it sounds so simple, but it's a key to Mm -hmm. really staying in faith. Because Mm -hmm. there, there have been times when I can just spin out in emotion or spin out in thinking, and the Lord stops me, and it's like, okay, what are you grateful for? Mm. And it's one Mm. thing, Mm. it's one thing that can turn it, you know. Yeah. 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 So
2: that's key. Well, and it takes a focus, right? Gratitude is takes a focus off yourself, yeah, and, right, and yeah. puts it on Jesus. Yeah. Like, okay, what are you grateful for, Jesus? So look yeah. at Jesus. Yeah. What are you grateful for? You yeah, know, His yeah. mercy, His love. You know, you could, and then you just go on, and then you, <laughs> then I'm weeping. Yeah. It, right. Ex- right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, but I'm the, uh, right. yeah. Well, I yeah, know, yeah. You
1: right. guys, <laughs> might yeah, be. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> people, and people say, well, I don't know what to be grateful for. How do I be grateful? I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And that's when Scripture comes into play. You know, mm-hmm. you get all the different Psalms. You told me Psalm one. Forty five, one hundred three, right. one hundred seven, where you clearly see in the scripture how God saves a certain person. Yeah, right. You know yeah, how yeah. they they cried out and He came and rescued. Okay, well, Lord, thank you that you're going to rescue me. Thank mm-hmm. you that you are good. Thank you know,
2: and so it just feeds even
1: your prayer life too.
2: You know, this is interesting how this is going. But one of my favorite verses to build faith is Psalm one twenty one you know once comes my help I look to the hills and and yeah. seven times depending on what translation you use he uses the word keep God will keep you seven times six wow. or seven times seven Ooh.
0: yeah let's hope it's seven that, yeah that That's, sounds significant yeah, yeah. <laughs> God's a number obviously. yeah but
2: but do you know what I'm saying it's like God will keep you it says yeah. in the word that he's a keeper right mm-hmm. so you can you can tr do you trust in the god word and they I'll say well, yes. And so then you say, Well, here it is. Yeah. This is this is a way to build faith. Mm-hmm, this will keep mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to figure it out. It's right here. Right, right. Yeah. It's already here. Here.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. We so, could like yeah, go on yeah. <laughs> endlessly about yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, that really leads into the next one because I wanted to talk about somebody who's just like overcome with worry and anxiety. About whatever it might be, and why you have to, like,
2: yeah, why you have to deal with that. Come on, we just talked about it. Philippians 4 6 and 7. <laughs> be anxious for nothing but everything in prayer and supplication with. Thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Yeah. right? It's yeah. just like the gratitude. Is just like again. It's just the cornerstone of like a person in fear. Of words it says, mm-hmm. "Don't be anxious. Pray with mm-hmm. Thanksgiving." Yeah. So prayer is an important part too, right? Mm-hmm. Is getting before the Lord. Lord, I don't. I'm in fear and anxiety. I'm worried mm-hmm. about this. But, Lord, I, I know you are good. Thank you for your yeah. goodness. Thank you that you hear my prayer. Thank you. And then what happens? The peace that passes all in—doesn't everyone want peace in their life? Mm-hmm. But it not only just peace, but peace is that even— Passes our understanding is available, right? Mm. And then it tells us it gives us a roadmap. Verse eight: Whatever is lovely, whatever, mm. whatever is true, mm. whatever is right, whatever is noble. Mm-hmm. Think about these things, okay? Don't think about what's not going to happen or what potentially can happen. Oh wow! Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. like set your mind on things above. Think about these things. Yeah. And uh, as a help, right? So. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's. Yeah, I've adopted. Are you a warrior, Skip? Yes. Oh, okay. That's why I, when you said this, it was like.
2: I wouldn't have have guessed that. Yeah, internally. Oh, okay. um,
1: Yeah, more of a, um, it's a mix of fear and worry that it's not going to go the certain way that I've pictured it to go. Right. Or even with Mm. people, there's the, we kind of, you know, people deal with fear of man. But for me, it's, okay, how am I? Projecting Is this okay? Do uh-huh. they, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah, so yeah. it's that worry. But I've seen that the Lord has helped me overcome that with the, I've adopted the theme from my own life, pray, don't think. Mm. Because the moment I start to think, mm. what are they thinking about me? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, I dealt with my parents a lot before I came to Pure Life. Do they know what's going on? How's, how am I going to look? Okay, Man, when I start to, again, get in that rabbit trail of thinking, okay, wait, no, Lord, what's the lie that I'm... Hanging on to right now that's causing me to go out and spiral because yeah. you're not the author of confusion, you're the author of peace. And what am I missing? How am I missing you? And it's really, it's a too much focus oh, on yeah. self yeah, introspection, yeah, yeah, yeah. introspection. Yeah. right? Too much of an introspection right. of how I look, how I'm being perceived, how instead of because yeah. I think it exposes a lack of true trust and acceptance from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was worse, you know, especially coming on staff as an intern. But I think even the Lord has exposed to me there, shown me that there's a root of perfectionism.
3: Mm-hmm. That
1: mm-hmm. if, if my thinking, if my hope doesn't match up to the intended goal, I'm wrong. There's, it's not God's plan. This is so wrong. I'm, I have to fear this mm-hmm. is not, go- it's, how is he going to help? Mm. But, I almost, in my case and in counsel these cases, they're magnifying the circumstance in minimizing God. And so there's a true lack of faith, a true lack of trust, and a true lack of really knowing that I'm loved or that person's loved by the Lord, you know?
2: Yeah, it's interesting that you use the word perfection because as I'm thinking about perfection and fear and worry and how they kind of tie together, mm. it's like a person who's a perfectionist is always worried about doing the right thing, doing it. they have this yep. level yeah. of expectation. Yep. And what happens when they don't meet that expectation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They feel exactly. awful, despair. So Satan yeah. uses that, yep. right? And despair, I feel bad, mm-hmm. I need something to make me feel better. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the you go to your, the corner is porn. Yeah. Or sexual sin. Exactly. So fear and worry and perfectionism and the yeah. desire the expectations that we set for ourselves, that perfectionism, and then worrying and fearing anxiety, and then kind of what you fear actually becomes true. Yeah. And then you feel awful about it and you're like, Oh, I'm just an awful person. Yeah. Oh, I need to feel better. Okay. You know, and yeah. then saying goes, yeah. Well, I know. Well you here we, it here, here it is. You yeah. can feel better yeah. in five minutes. Yeah. Right. So Because the tendency
1: is to implode and to keep that. That's also, like, in darkness, though. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the more Mm -hmm. that I've seen that darkness, it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I need to do the opposite and to walk in the light. That's right. So that's why the authority is very important. To go to my spiritual authority, hey, I'm fearing about this and this and this and this. And usually, you know, my authority will say, well, those are just lies and that's not true or you know, you're spinning out thinking that this is all... I mean, he really, you know, tells me the truth. yeah, And that really helps me, you know, to kind of release that and say, oh, wow, I'm way off in my thinking. But it also helps me to walk in fellowship with the Lord because if I'm hiding those things, if mm-hmm. I'm hiding those fears and that fear of this one or that one or this circumstance is not going my way, yeah. then am I really living a surrendered life? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed. Like, for me, the... I don't I don't worry about a lot of things Mm. like I don't worry about my future in terms of provision or money Mm. or health Mm. or there's like a ton of stuff that I don't worry about. But I have worried hard and Mm. big time on my own spiritual life. Like, how am I doing spiritually? Which just shows the idolatry, you know, the Mm. self. That's my idolatry where I've had to repent over and over and over. Mm. Um, But it's just amazing how what that's shown me about how I see the Lord, what I actually believe about him. Do I actually believe that he's merciful or do I believe that he is strict, rigorous, mm. fault-finding, like this judge who's just waiting to condemn, waiting mm. to... Um, like, do I really believe that what God is wanting to do in my life is to hold me to the strictest form of justice, or do I actually believe that he's merciful? And it's just amazing how those areas where we worry, it shows us what we really believe about God yeah, and what we really b- yeah. believe about yeah ourselves or yeah. whatever, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. – it's so hard to to get out of the thing to self-reflect and realize what's happening behind the worry because sure. we're just so <laughs> consumed with – it's A
2: worry it's gratitude I mean yeah it, it is Yeah, I mean it's I'm right, just
0: yeah. like or well and believing what the word says right yeah, yes sure. belief yeah. in
2: the word says and it really is you know out of sometimes out of obedience not necessarily because your heart is in it when you're in that stuck in that cycle of worry and fear because you're so focused on self mm-hmm. it's like okay I just need to get out of myself yeah
3: mm-hmm. I just need yeah. to
2: do something for someone Else, yeah. So my mind is off me. Yeah. It's just like when we tell people dealing with self gratification, if there's temptation, get up. Yeah. Yeah. Get up and do something. Yeah. So it's just sometimes I don't think we think of fear and worry in the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Another practical way of getting out. of, oh, I'm just got to take it to the Lord, mm-hmm. Lord. I am so yeah. ra- right. I'm so yep. wrapped up yeah. in fear and in worry, Lord. But you are sovereign, you're good, you're merciful, you hear, you're listening, you're the good shepherd, yeah. going over the names of Christ, going the attributes of Christ, just anything to get the focus off my thoughts yeah. and my thinking yeah. and yep. what needs to get done or whatever. Yeah. And so, prayer, gratitude, getting into the needs of others are all practical things, but yeah. biblical things that we can mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. to to really respond to fear and worry. But mm-hmm. fear and worry, that despair, gets us into sexual sin. Yeah. For oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 I'll say doors. this: it's nothing like the on the other side, seeing victory in that area of overcoming worry and fear. I remember before I came to Pure Life, um, my parents and I have a, had a really strained relationship. And I remember every time that I would look at my mom, it was always about, does she see me? Is she, does she know what's going on? How am I looking? And I would get into fear and worry so much that I would forget what she was saying to me. I would forget instructions that she would say to me. And I would always kind of be, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no listening. There was no intent on focusing on her And I remember when she came to visit me in the program after some months of getting a little bit more sober, um, I remember looking at her and saying to myself, man, I look like her. Like, she looks like me. And Mm. it sounds, I don't know if anybody's going to understand that, but that was, um, I believe, a thought from the Lord that said, now you can look at her. Without having thoughts Mm. so driven on yourself Mm. and so focused, it was like my eyes were looking (laughs) back inside of me and not looking and really entering into her need and doing the mercy life to her, giving her an opportunity to speak and for me to really come under and listen. And the verse that stuck out to me was 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourself, therefore, underneath the mighty hand of God, so that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so it's that care. You know, if I believe that the Lord's going to, that he cares for me, yeah. okay, I have to cast my anxiety. Yeah. We're not saying that anxiety is not real or fear and yep. worry is not real. Yep. We're saying it's a very real thing, but what do you do with it? Like you're saying, what's the solution? Cast it on him.
0: Hey, let's take a quick break from that conversation. I want you to hear Avery's story. Avery graduated from our residential program earlier this year, and praise God, he was willing to let the Lord deal with the underlying roots of his sexual sin.
3: I discovered pornography and self gratification around age 12 It immediately became a part of my daily routine and something I longed to do when I got home. Pornography became to me a refuge and a comfort to the point where I couldn't even go to sleep about giving over. Being in a relationship, I tried to white knuckle my way through the fight for purity, and I wanted to take my sin into marriage. In my own effort, it was inevitable a battle I could not win despite going periods where I had six months of purity. Despite that, I had attempted to look for prostitutes online, in massage parlors where I could hook up. Every attempt was a closed door which now I see as the Lord's mercy for not letting me go that far. I brought my sin to life with an elder of my church, and he said he knew of a place. And out of nowhere, Kentucky, I could get help. <laughs> I arrived at PLM on March 27, 2021 without a clue of my spiritual state because I believed overall I was a good person and didn't get too far on my sin. The program exposed how lazy I was and that I truly didn't desire the Lord. I had tons of self-protective pride and hated correction and mocked those who did correct me. Through my counseling sessions, the Lord showed me that I was a habitual liar and feared man more than God. Furthermore, the Lord showed me what I believed about myself, that I was the smartest guy in the room and that I had an answer for everything. That's why he made me work at Leslie's. (laughs) Where he stripped me of all my energy, exposed my critical spirit, my lack of compassion for others, and my despising of any kind of authority. After being in the program for six months, God brought me into the reality that I didn't truly know him. And that all my Bible reading and studying were all to bring glory for myself, and that I had missed the most important person in the Bible, Jesus Himself. That all my good works were a cover for my sin and keep an image of myself toward others. This death set in me and led me to cry to the Lord for the first time and tell him I was nothing. I had nothing to bring or offer him, and all I had was sin. I found myself at the cross on the ridge where the Lord showed me that he became my sin, though he was innocent. His body was broken for me that I would be free to sin no more. That his grace was enough for me, and his love for me was great, and that he wasn't holding my sin against me, but was forgiving me. The Lord's kindness led me to repentance and gave me the rest my soul longed for. The Lord taught me that greatness was not serving others, to intercede for the saints instead of accusing them. My gifts are to glorify God, to repent of my wrong thinking by going to the word, seeing that the word is right, not me. To be in gratitude and thanksgiving because I can't be in lust and be thankful at the same time that it's okay to be weak and navy, but when I am, that's when I'm strong. I'd like to thank my counselor Skip for your patience and gentleness. Thank you to my family and friends and my church family at Nehemiah for your support and prayers. Thank you to Pastor Steve and Kathy for laying down your lives and make pure life a reality for guys like me. And finally, I'd like to thank Jesus, the lover of my soul for being my victory, my hope, my all in all. Amen.
0: Um, Let's talk about one last one, which is just the obsession with the world and everything it has to offer, which is, it could be anything. It could just be like the entertainment or it could Mm. be the, I
2: don't know, social media. Yeah, Yeah. it could be Mm -hmm. social media. Just basically
0: everything that has to do with the temporal life. Yeah. Mm. You know, Um, why is that so? Why does that feed in so much to sexual sin? And why do we have to stop loving the world like you talked about earlier? Why do we have to stop loving the world in order to find
1: freedom from sexual sin?
2: What is the message of the world today, Skip? What is the message?
1: Do you. Do you. You You do you. You're at the center. Can you tell me what to do? Right. No. I mean, would you see that? Yeah. You know, like it's appealing. It's appealing to the flesh. Yes. It's appealing to oh, wow, I can be who I want to be. I can do that's what I right. want to do. That's right. It's the spirit of rebellion. That's you right. Know? And so it's like the more that you're entrenched in that, it will get to the point to where it's just normal to go with the flow and to go with the culture mm-hmm. and think that you're a Christian at the same time. And that's what I did. You know. So I'm, yeah, so I,
2: well, I mean, and th- we get people in that say, oh, yeah, my therapist mm-hmm. said that pornography was normal. Mm-hmm right that that's normal oh it's just normal or to to give over to self gratification that's normal yeah right that's the spirit of the world it's just like yeah oh of course you can do do whatever you want mm. oh you want to do this you want to be you know whatever sure mm-hmm. you, you do you that's exactly yeah, no, right yeah. um and that's the flow of the world so of course when you're in that flow Sexual sin is just going to flourish in that kind of mentality. It's just like, okay, well, I can do what I want. So mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. cheat on my wife. I'm going to go to strip clubs. I'm going to, you know, sex people on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, or do stuff on social media. Yeah. Because it's like, I can do what I want. And yeah. I'm my own God. I, I live by my own rules and I can be a Christian.
0: Yeah, Right. Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things that I've heard Pastor Steve say about this topic is when your default life or default mindset is if I feel like doing something, I do it. Um, Like I feel like taking a nap, so I do it. Mm -hmm. I feel like eating a candy bar, so I do it. Now I feel like watching a baseball game, so I do that. Mm -hmm. I feel like this or that. Then when the feeling for pornography comes up, you just you do it because that's how you're living mm. if i feel like it or if i want it then i do it mm. then where's the resistance going mm. to come from to say oh but i'm not going to do that mm. so in this in this world that is constantly telling us if you want it or if you desire it then mm-hmm. do it like you deserve it mm. then when it comes to pornography I, there's just no way to say, well, I'm not going to do this one thing that I desire, but everything else, I'll do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the gates are wide open, but, oh, I want to be self-controlled in this area. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah, not going to work at yeah. all. No. I
1: mean, as you're speaking, it, it's just thinking about it, it builds the self-life. You know, it builds that almost like the fleshly chamber, <laughs> you know, of, uh, lust and pride and the me central focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I, I, even, <laughs> I know people think this just as counselors and myself, like thinking that when that time comes, when he comes back, I'll just jump out, you know, I'll jump out of the cesspool oh, yeah. of, you know, the world and I'll be ready. yeah you know, he's, he knows I'll, you know, but that's not the case. You know, it's like, all of my life in exchange for all of him. And, you know, I feel like the culture and with everything going in one direction, hearing from my parents kind of on the outside looking in and every time that I step out, you know, into the world, it's easy to get into that flow. Mm -hmm. So there has to be something, man, on the inside that resists. Mm -hmm. And it can't just be outward boundaries it can't just be even pornography blockers like there has to be an inward dealing with of the root issue so that especially the guys who are graduating from the program our aim with them is not behavior modification right our aim with them is to have the lord do an inward work so when they go out there they're going out in the power of the spirit not in the same power of the world that they came with that's Mm -hmm. underlying Mm -hmm. so that's a huge hindrance you know
2: If you want to be friends with the world, you're at odds with the Lord. Yeah, that's just uh, just plain and simple. It's just like Matthew 6 uh, 24 says, You cannot serve two masters. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. It's not an, it's not a both and, yeah, it's an either or. Yeah, so either you're going to love the world and pursue the things of the world, just like you said, okay, if my flow is in the world, I can't just jump out or just in this one area. Mm -hmm. No, you're serving.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
2: serving the spirit of the world. You're serving the enemy. You're serving Satan, basically. Yeah. yeah or yeah. you can serve the Lord, but yeah. you can't have your foot in both worlds. Mm. You just can't. It's yeah. just uh, he just says it, and Jesus said it himself. It mm-hmm. wasn't like okay, someone, someone later. He used it in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said himself, "You cannot serve two mm-hmm. masters. You're going to yeah. either love the one or hate the other." Yeah. It's it's pretty. Black and white,
0: yeah, and I think it's it's hard for us to maybe come to grips with, like we we all have to learn how to live before the Lord mm. with our own convictions about things, yeah. but I think it is difficult for us to come to grips with the reality that the system in the world mm. is anti Christ, correct? All right, you yeah. know so. As Christians, there is a level of truth that we can use the things of the world. Like it's not inherently sinful to go to a baseball game mm-hmm. or yeah. to watch a television show, but there has to be some kind of of realization that these systems are anti-Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's gotta be like a a thing in us that says how how attached do I want to be to this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point where you say the things are not inherently sinful, mm-hmm. but they are anti-Christ. And so you could play it, you could go to the other extreme and be completely self-righteous in spiritual pride, yeah. which yeah. would also get you into sexual yeah, sin as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So we have to be very, very careful when when we... Look at things, not to judge, like you said, convictions.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Judge other people who may enjoy something that, Mm -hmm. for us, we know the Lord has convicted us personally. Yeah. Like, I can you know, go to a hockey game. I've made that commitment in 2014, 15, and I haven't been to one since because Mm -hmm. I know that the the atmosphere there is just not healthy for me. Yeah, yeah. But other people could probably, you know, someone might go, yeah, let's go. And for them, it's, you know, the Lord is with them. They are able to enjoy. They're able to be a blessing. Mm. And it doesn't have the same impact.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I think the key thing that you said is knowing that everything that's not— of God is antichrist. So even though it's not sinful, we have to be just 1 Peter 5a, be sober and vigilant Mm -hmm. because Satan stalks around like a roaring lion seeking Mm -hmm. whom he may devour. It's like he's around the corner. Mm -hmm. He's always looking Mm -hmm. for ways. So it's like we have to be super sober, super vigilant. If I am choosing to go to, like you're going to a show, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to Broadway. Okay. You're making that decision. Okay, Lord, help this not be you know, a stumbling block or something that interferes with my relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And we should be having those conversations way before we even make Mm -hmm. that decision to go, right? If I'm going Mm -hmm. to go see a Broadway show or if I'm going to a baseball game or if I'm going to somewhere like, you know, Disney or something like that. So, um, you you know what I'm saying? It's like you really have to put some thought into that and prayer into that to really uh, make a, a godly, wise, biblical... God-centered, spirit-filled decision. Yeah. But it, it is that love of the world. It's like, okay, Antichrist. Mm-hmm. You made a really good point. That was a really good point, mm-hmm. that everything is is Antichrist. So how do we—I guess uh, that would be the my question back to you. Mm-hmm. How do you just then justify, like, okay, I can go to a baseball game, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, well, it's Antichrist. It's not—but I can— I can go.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, where I've kind of landed at is that it's the system that is Antichrist. It's not the specific thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and there just has to be some tenderness in our heart. Mm. And also, I think, an understanding that as things progress, the true reality and nature of those things is going to continue to be like, okay, let me ask you a question. So mm-hmm. let's say that in 20 years, one of the features at a baseball game is them killing Christians at the seventh inning stretch.
1: Mm.
0: What what do you do then? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. is it, well, it's no big deal. It's not a sin. Like, how is it a sin? Well, okay, uh, but see, it's context. Yeah. yeah. You have to understand, like what happens if public nudity is allowed at certain places in ten years, is it like, well, you know, you're being legalistic to say that I can't go there? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be a reality or an understanding in us that as culture progresses, things are going to be more and more degraded. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have to ask yourself, how enmeshed do I want to be? Right. In this culture, right. As we
2: and yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but don't no, you feel interrupt. don't you feel like as, like you say, culture progresses, you feel yourself pulling back even more mm. from the things of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those 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 yeah. conversations you're having about certain things. Like for me, it was Disney, right? It's just like, okay, I had to pull back and, and zoom back for myself, mm-hmm. myself only the personal conviction and say, okay, what do they stand for? What are they conveying mm. to the consumer? How are they um, inviting people into – inclusivity, all mm-hmm. of that and I had mm-hmm. to make a personal you know the Lord was placing on me you know conviction you know okay you can't go you can't go back there right mm-hmm. because of, of some of the things you're using your discretionary income mm-hmm. to promote something that you know is not godly mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's like I had to make that decision for myself yeah. and the Lord really put it on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting as as things move in a certain direction, you're finding yourself, well, the decisions, if you're following the Lord, gets a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, well, yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. But what's
1: coming to mind as you all are talking, it's like, man— the verse that comes up is his love constrains us. And it's like those decisions become easier because I'm allowing mm. him to continue to constrain. And I mean, two years ago, I was on Amazon at Um, least twice or three times mm -hmm. a week Mm. trying to get the newest, you know, shoes. I'm not saying, you know, like those space boots you got. I like those. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to use those again this summer, okay? (laughs) This summer? Oh, you talking about about my other space boots. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got two or three. Yeah, the Arctic (laughs) Explorers. (laughs) But, you know, I look back (laughs) and you know, I was on there because, oh, you know, it's I can kind of pull and, you know, get this and that and a nice shirt and new shoes here and yeah, there. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. Yeah, but two years later, it's just not appealing to me because his love is just constraining me to say, hey, you don't really need that. You know, you have $25, you can do this, you can take this person out, you can mm-hmm. save it, mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. you know, so my decisions are getting a little bit more Christ-centered and less worldly-centered because of that inward constraining. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. Come on. That
0: was good. good. It is. It's really good because basically all you guys are saying is that you can't love the world Mm. and also love God. Yeah. And if you love the world, you can basically expect that the world's mindsets and values and sexual sin mm-hmm. is going to find oh, yeah. a place in your heart. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. if you're going to change, then what has to change is not just the porn blocker and the accountability and all that stuff, but the flow, the total flow of your heart has to change.
2: And can change. And can and change. change. And in, yeah. a, in a wonderful, glorious, yeah. magnificent, yeah. unexpected, more-than-you-can-ever-think-or-ask-for way. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Just Especially a, from, from
1: people who think maybe they were the worst of the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's Because I know people don't know, you know our stories per se, like the details, but he does, you know? And it's just an amazing thing to see what he can do, even in a short amount of time. It's just, it's an amazing yeah. Uh, life. Yeah. It's, it's not easy, but it's right. worth it. Yeah.
0: All right, that's it for today's show. This is actually only part one of this episode. Next week, we're going to look at other common issues that might seem like they're unrelated to sexual sin, but that we have to deal with if we're going to walk in real freedom. Join us next week as we look at self-righteousness, self-pity, sarcasm, the fear of man, and other issues, and ask, what does that have to do with my problem? Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.